We're going to be focusing on the topic of prayer today. We're going to be talking about connecting to God with prayer. And, and wherever you are here this morning, wherever in the, in the spectrum of life, that where you are, it, we have to understand that we need to connect with God in prayer. We need it. And so I want to talk about what that looks like for us and what that could look like for your life this morning. Some of you are here uh, today and you have been praying, you have a lifestyle of prayer. You've been praying for decades and prayer is a normal part of your life. And some of you are here today and, you know, you've probably, probably never prayed before. It's not your lifestyle. And I want to say, hey, this is a safe space for you to be. Um, and, and wherever you are, I want to just try to get everybody together. I want to speak to two camps. That, those two camps and try to bring them all together for us to be on the same page when it comes to prayer. And that is going to be very difficult for me this morning. So I'm going to try to pull that off with the leading of the Holy Spirit and let's just see what happens today. So I want to begin by saying when we begin to talk about prayer, that is the beginning. That, that marks the beginning right there, right? When it comes to talking to God, when it comes to connecting to God... What we have to understand is that God is the one that initiates. God is the one that initiates this relationship. He initiates it. That's the very beginning. I've said this analogy before, and I shared this, and I said that it is the Lord that walks down the dance floor, and he uh, hands out his hand, gives out his hand to us, and it's the Lord that says, let's dance. Let's dance, right? I want to connect with you. I want you to jump in this thing with me. I want you and I to be on the same page, and I want to have a relationship with you. Let's dance. God is the one who initiates. God is the one who invites. And it is God, always God, who does the inviting. And so that is great news. We have been invited. <laughs> All of us have been invited, invited into this relationship, invited into this amazing story, this amazing story that God has been telling ever since the, the dawn of time and this amazing story that God is going to continue to be telling to the end of time. It's this amazing story of, of history, his story, right? His story. It's a story of this incredible God. This incredible God. And while we are on this earth, we have to understand we have a limited time on this earth. I mean, when it comes to eternity and when it comes to our time on earth, I mean, it is so difficult to kind of articulate that, how limited our window here on earth is and how grand eternity is. One of my favorite preachers um, shared something on this, and I, I want to show you a video. It's about a three-minute video. Uh, by one of my favorite preachers, uh, Pastor Francis Chan, when it comes to, when, he, when he's talking about eternity. You'll play that. Imagine this rope, okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever, okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now, imagine that this rope 
is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. <laughs> and you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? What about this? What about, th- what about all this stuff? It's, just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all the stuff I could enjoy, and I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth, and it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because it's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb, it doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's, it's this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to. Amen. He said it so powerfully right there, right? I can listen to him all day. Um, this, just this window that is so limited in time, right? We have this little window, and we have all of eternity. And so we are invited to this amazing story. I mean, think about that. We get a chance to play a part in God's amazing story. And it is a divine invitation, and he has invited you into this incredible story. And the thing is, you don't have to take that invitation. You don't have to accept that invitation because it's not a command. It's not a command. It's an invitation. God never commands us, love me. God never commands us, he makes us to do this. You better do this. No. I mean, he's God, right? He could, he could just snap his finger and, and say, make, he, make us love him right now. And just say, that's it. Just, just love me. That's it. 
But God doesn't do that. He gives us a choice. And, th- and there have been many times in my own life where I'm just like, God, I-, I-, I wish you would do that because it would be so much easier if you would just do that, right? Like anyone with me on that? Just, just, just make us do that. But the thing is, God gives us this, this thing called free will. Free will that we have this opportunity to reject the invitation that God has given us. And we get a chance to say, you know what, God, uh, I'm not really interested. I'm going to pass on that. It's a, it's a hard pass, but I'm going to have to do it because I, I like my story. I don't like your story because my story is more preferable to me in this season of my life because I get to live for me. I get, my life could be just all about me. I'm going to write this story. I'm going to write it. I'm going to produce it, and I'm going to star in it. And, and this is where I am at. I appreciate the invitation, God. Thank you for thinking of me. It was nice of you to think about me, but no thanks. Right, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. And it's, it's going to be all about me, my life, my life, my days, my time, my, mem- my energy. Everything is going to be about just spending, just amassing and accumulating stuff and accomplishing things that I want to accomplish. It's going to be about my goals. It's going to be about my story. So God, I'm thank you, but I'm going to pass on that invitation. Pass on being about your story. It's going to be about my story. And the thing is, there are so many people living that way. Right? There are so many people, especially like in New York, that live that way. That we say no thank you to the big story. We don't want to uh, p- play a supporting role in the big story, but we want to play the leading role in our own story. And, you know, you, you and I, we are all invited to do that. We're, we're invited to reject the invitation. And if that is us, let me just say that that is just so tragic, right? It's so tragic. It would be such a terrible tragedy if we made that mistake. Because there is no other surer way to be miserable in life when it's all about you. Right? When, when life is all about you and everything is just inward focused. Right? And there's so many, there, there's many of us in here that figure that out. And that's why we say, like, the way that we find our satisfaction, the way that we find our purpose, the way that we, you know, find just life is just living an outward bound life. And we say, we want to be outward bound. We want to connect with God. We want to honor God. We want to love other people. We want to serve other people. And the beautiful thing is God invites us, you and I, to do that, right? And we say yes to that, right? Well, we've, we've said yes to that. We've said yes to that. And then what happens is God then just wants us to be in this relationship. He wants to actually practically just us live that out. Right? And that's where the journey starts. The journey starts there. We repent of our sins. That word repent is just changing your mind. We repent of our sins, and God cleanses us of our sins, and then we are just in awe of God. We're in awe of just the amazing God that we serve. And then that's when the relation starts to take form starts to take form, and we immediately find, in that moment, we immediately find that we need to pray. (laughs) 
we need to pray. Seems simple enough, right? We need to pray. And if we're going to, you know, have any part of God's story, if we're going to relate to him on any level, you and I, we need to pray. We need it. And for some of us here, that's a deal breaker, right? Because you just, you don't, you don't know how. You don't know. For, for some of us here, we grew up our entire life, we've been doing that. And for others of us, we learned a few prayers when we were younger, when we were kids. We, we learned prayers like, um, now I lay me down to sleep. We learned that prayer, right? And, and if you think about it, that's a, that's a messed up prayer if you really kind of, you can go back and look at that later. But we learned that prayer. We learned, you know, our Father who art in heaven, you know, especially if you grew up Catholic, you know that. And, and maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. And you're here today and you're like, maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, I don't know what this is. I'm not sure, like, I know, I mean, people pray, I hear other people pray, I hear other people don't pray, I mean, I come to church and, you know, pastor, at the end of this message, you'll say, everyone bow your heads and close your eyes and you're going to pray and it's in that moment that I pray along with you and you pray for me and that's your moment of prayer and you kind of leave it there in that specific moment and if that is you today, I want to say that you are not alone. I don't want you to be, feel bad because you are not alone. That there are, there's, there's a biblical precedent for people who are in close contact with Jesus, who find themselves in that very same place that you are. You see, do you know that Jesus' disciples, his apostles, his followers said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. His own followers, his disciples Say to Jesus, teach us to pray. Did you know that happened in the Bible? And I find that it's, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting, right? Because if you look at it, these guys who said that, these are grown men. <laughs> these are not little kids that are saying, oh, Rabbi, you know, I'll teach us to pray, Rabbi. No, like, you know, these are grown men. <laughs> these are grown Jewish men who are saying this. These guys grew up going to the temple, going to the synagogues, and just learning when they were kids on how to pray. They've been praying. They know all the prayers. So when Jesus' disciples were saying, Lord, teach me to pray, these are grown men who are realizing, grown men realizing, you know what? I don't know how to do this right. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you are here today. You are a grown man. You are a grown woman. And you are here and you've been conceivably walking with God for a while now. You've been coming to church for a while. You have been connecting to God for a while. But you've never done this. And maybe that's you. You've never done this. Well, these guys here these guys are not asking Jesus to memorize something. Right? That's not what they're doing. They're not asking Jesus, Jesus, could you tell us something that we can memorize so that we can do that same thing that you're doing, to, you know, that we can learn and we can just learn the mechanics of that thing right there? That is not what is going on here. These guys know how to pray. They already learned the prayers when they were young kids. These guys are here, they are looking at Jesus, and they are going, 
Yeah, we've learned how to pray when we were kids. We've learned it. But when you pray, Jesus, there's something else that's happening. When you pray to the Father, something else is occurring in that moment. And we want to know what you're doing. We want to know what you're doing. We want to connect with God the same way that you are connecting with God. So teach us to do that. Teach us to do that. And that right there is what is embedded in that request. It does not help me memorize something. It's not that. It's help me to connect to God the same way that you are connecting to God. And Jesus' response here is really interesting, okay? Like, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying this is, like, theologically correct here. Just my opinion, when I read this in this particular moment, in my opinion, you know what it feels like when I read this? It feels like Jesus is irritated. It feels like Jesus is just irked by what's happening here. So let's find out why, okay? What happens here? Why are we saying that? What is the first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth when, he is, when, he, when they ask him to teach us to pray? What does Jesus say? Let's read that. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 6. Thank you, Crystal, for reading that. This is what it reads. Let's read that again. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so this is weird, right? Like, this is kind of weird what's happening. Like, the disciples are saying, teach us to pray. And, and the first thing that comes out of Jesus is is. is what not to do, right? I mean, I'm just merely speculating here as I'm reading this, and, you know, what it feels like for me as I read this, for me, it feels like 45 minutes ago, like prior to this happening, or an hour ago, these guys and Jesus, they're walking through the town, they're walking past a synagogue, and they see this guy who's outside of the synagogue, and he is praying this flowery prayer in front of everybody so that everybody knows that this guy is holy. And here, it feels like Jesus is a little ticked off. And it's like an hour has passed, and Jesus has now, you know, been stewing on this moment for a while now, and that's what Jesus feels in this moment when he's asked this question. See, we got to understand, listen, Jesus is fully God and he is fully human. And so what that means is, you know, things, will get on, things got on Jesus' nerves. Right? Like, like Jesus had pet peeves just like you and I have pet peeves. Jesus had it. Like, I don't know if he hated um, slow drivers like I do, but may, maybe they had slow donkeys. I don't know. But like... Like, like stuff got on Jesus' nerves, okay? And so, let, for, let, let me just ask all the parents in the room. If you're a parent in the room, let me just ask you a question. Let me just ask you and say, 
Have you ever talked to your kids and have you ever said, you know, you talked about, you singled out one particular behavior that your kid does or did and you, and you say to your kid, don't you ever. Don't you ever. If I ever catch you doing that again, you don't want to know what's going to happen. You are going to get it, right? Don't you ever do that. So when I read this, it, it, when, when I hear, you know, this, it says, Lord, teaches us to pray. The first thing that kind of comes out of Jesus' mouth is, don't you ever. <laughs> don't you let me catch you doing this. Don't you let me catch you using prayer to impress other people. Don't you ever leverage your faith for position among men. Don't you ever let me catch you using the relationship with me as a way of advancing your standing among other people. Don't you ever do that, right? And it's like this has been on Jesus' nerves for some time, and he's just saying, don't you ever do this. And then for a moment, if we could just cut from the Jesus' scene to the disciples' face in this moment, and can we just imagine what's on their face? They're just like, okay, like these poor guys, they hear this from Jesus, and they're like, yeah, I, okay, Jesus, thank you. Like, I wasn't planning to do that anyway, but geez, okay, you know, like, I, I don't know if these guys were planning to go on a street corner and just do that, right, go out loud. I don't know if these guys were doing that. I think, I think these guys just wanted to connect with God just like the way Jesus connected with God. And Jesus hits them with this thing, and Jesus says, when you pray, when you pray. And that's point number one today. Point number one is this, when you pray. So we're going to start right there. When you pray, if, if you're going to connect to God, if you are going to connect to God, then prayer needs to be a thing in your life. It needs to be. It says, when you pray, go somewhere in private. It says, close the door and talk to your father in secret. Talk to him privately. It doesn't have to be out loud. Which is fine for many of us here, right? Because, you know, many of us are like, well, we didn't want to pray out loud anyway, so that's fine. Like, I, I, don't, mind I don't mind praying in private. That's good. And so here we're seeing that taking place, that Jesus has something on his nerves, in my opinion, and he's addressing this point. But what he's saying is we, we need to take time out of the craziness of our life, and what we need to do is we need to be alone with God. We need to be alone with God. And we see that. You see that in the scriptures. The very next verse, what does it say? It says, when you pray, go away. Leave the other stuff. And go and be alone with God. And that seems like a good idea, right? I, I don't think there is anyone in this room right now that is saying, you know what, Finn, that is a horrible idea. I am not going to do that. Like, I'm guessing all of us in this room right now is saying, that is a fantastic idea. I want to do that. But Finn, you don't understand my schedule. Like, I'm so busy. My life is just busy. There's so many things that are going on in my life, right? And it just seems so difficult to do something like that. And some of us are thinking, you know what? If I took time to do that, then I'm not going to get a lot of stuff done in my life. Because my days are just so packed with so many things that are happening. 
not, not too many of us are living the dream leisurely here. Right? Like, like, even if you're a retired person, you're living in New York. You're busy. Retired people living in New York, you are just super busy. And so this idea that we're going to take time to be alone with God is, yeah, I don't know about that right now. Not this season of my life. I don't know if I could do that. I'm not sure if I could do that. So busy. And so what we observe in Scripture over and over and over and over again is that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus does that. So let's read. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. This is what it says. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds. Can you do me a favor? Can you say vast crowds? Vast crowds came to hear him preach and be healed of their diseases. But despite this, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So the next thing that we find is Jesus models this for us. He doesn't just do it and say do it. He models this for us. And it's that Jesus has vast crowds Right? Vast crowds that are waiting for Jesus. Impatient, impatient, vast crowds that are waiting for Jesus. It doesn't say thousands, but they're, they're hundreds, right? Hundreds of people, hundreds of people that are coming all over town, right? Wanting to see Jesus, coming to be healed, coming to be healed of their diseases and their wounds, coming to be touched by Jesus and to connect with Jesus. Jesus. And they are waiting for Jesus, but Jesus is in the wilderness praying. I want, let, let's pause right there and let's, let's think about that. Let's, let's, let's think about that for a moment here. Every minute that Jesus Christ spends praying, he is disappointing somebody. We never thought about that before, right? Like, we don't think about that. Every minute that Jesus Christ spends praying, somebody is being disappointed. Somebody. Every minute Jesus is in the wilderness praying, somebody is going, ah, when is he going to get here? I've I've been waiting here for hours for Jesus and he's not even here. When is he coming? Does anyone know when he's coming? We've been here for a while now. I'm, kinda, I'm hungry. What's the deal? Where is Jesus? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a concert and it started late? And you're like, what's going on with this concert? When is it going to get started? Have you ever been delayed for a flight and there is no explanation when the flight is going to take off? Right? And you're just, just in that moment, you're just irritated and you're like, what's happening? Every minute that Jesus spends praying, he is disappointing somebody. Every minute. Every minute he's alone in the wilderness, somebody is going, when is he getting here? He's not here. When is this thing getting started? What's the deal? What's happening here? Where is he? And this is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. God from God, light from light, true God, begotten, 
not made Jesus Christ, one being with the Father, going away to the wilderness to be alone with God. And so if the second person of the Trinity had to go to the wilderness to withdraw from the craziness of life just to be alone with God, then we would be silly if we would think we don't need to do that. Every minute Jesus does this, he is disappointing somebody. Every minute he goes to be alone, there is somebody waiting for Jesus. Something needs to get done. Ministry needs to get done. Like there's people in ministry, right? And there's people doing this Christian stuff. There's no shortage of people in the kingdom of God serving and serving and serving and serving and tending to all these people, and they never actually stop to be with God. And it's convicting for me because I have to be reminded of that. Sometimes just wearing all these different hats, being a pastor, it could be overwhelming, right? And, and I get overwhelmed by things, and I'm like, I'm good with wearing this hat, but I'm really not good wearing this hat, and just be stressed out and be anxious and... And so I'm reminded that I need to get away from everything and just pause and be with God. And I try to do that. I do that twice a year. I go away to the mountains of Pennsylvania. I was just there last week, just me and God alone <laughs> in the woods and just come back and be charged and be... And you know what? And maybe that's not... Maybe your schedule, I have to take off from work to do that. Maybe your schedule will not allow you to do that. But, but, but how... However way that works for you, for you to be alone with God. Jesus doesn't just say it, right, but Jesus models this for us. When you pray, go be by yourself. Go be alone. Shut the door. Talk to God. He models this for us. And Jesus instructs us, instructs us to do it, right? It's got to be part one us connecting to God here. Now, now, for the sake of argument here, if you're here and you're just like, you agree with me, and you are, I, I've convinced you of this, and you're here today, and you're saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm here. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I'm here. I, I don't really know how to pray. I don't really know, and I'm here asking Jesus, Jesus, teach me how to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot right now. You know, I'm, I'm going to at least take five minutes. I'm going to do this. I may not have a room to just close my door, but you know what? I'm going I'm to sit in my car. I'm going to drive. I'm going to walk. I'm going to just somehow, I don't know, be in the bathroom, just close the door, just be alone by myself. I don't somehow just find time to just be alone with God. And so now you're here, and you're like, all right, I'm going to find my time. I'm going to find my space to, to be alone with God. And so the question is, what do I say? <laughs> what do I say to God? I don't know what to say to God. Hi, God. Please, please help me lose 20 pounds. Please help me become a millionaire. I don't know what to pray. It's like, I don't know where to begin when I do this. And some of you, you've had that experience, right? You've had that space where, where you started and you started and you just don't know what to say to God. 
Thankfully, Jesus models that for us in these words. Jesus' words, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This is what it says. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, when I said those words, you're thinking, well, yeah, I've heard that prayer before. Many of you memorized that prayer, maybe a different version of that prayer. You memorized that growing up when you were kids. And you wondered, you know, well, you know what? How come we don't pray that here at church? How come we don't do that? We don't pray our Father who art in heaven. Why don't we say memorized prayers that we say when we were little kids? How come we don't do that? I want to respond and say, I want to say there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we want to say things Jesus said. It's good to do that. You know, I sometimes do that in my discipleship groups. We'll, we'll say this prayer. We, just, we, we, we don't say it a lot here. You know why? Because Jesus didn't say this is what we should pray. Jesus said, this is how we should pray. This was not an, this was not an instruction here. The apostles weren't asking one more thing to memorize. That's not what they're doing. These guys, they have already memorized so many different prayers before. They've memorized stuff growing up. This wasn't Jesus here saying, oh yeah, here's prayer 2.0. Right? Here's a new version of prayer. Memorize this, and I want you to pray this. That's not what he meant. He was saying, you connect with God. You connect with God like this. You connect with God like this. And if you are here and you're thinking, well, all right, Finn, you know, I want to give it a shot. I want to give this a shot. Maybe, maybe you're here and you've been walking with God for a long time, and you already have this grid. Right? You already have this way that you pray um, your, 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 all, your t- all your life. Maybe you might be here and you say, you know what, I got that already. You're, there's a new thing. Maybe, maybe you're, 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 you, you wouldn't mind just this new thing just to freshen things up in your life. And so this week, this is what I want all of us to do. If you could just take a few minutes out of our day, if we could take a few minutes just to go and be by yourself and, be, and go and connect with God. Carve out some time in your day be with God alone. And I want to invite you to pray. This is called a, a four-word uh, a, a four model called the ACTS model. Some, some of you may have heard of this before. Basically, it's called ACTS. A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication or stuff. So basically what this model says is the first thing we start with is adoration. Okay, adoration. That means we just praise God. Now, now some people, we have never made it like a mission here to praise God apart from like church service. Like church time from 1030 to 12 is our praising God, is our adoration time. And you never told God of how awesome he is. You never told God of his worth 
and you're happy to sing the words on a Sunday morning, and when you sing the words on a Sunday morning and you look at that screen, you genuinely mean it with all of your heart. You mean it. But that's about it. During the week, you don't say it any longer. So this week, begin your time with God, connecting to God. Begin it with just praising Him. Praising Him. And if you're here today, you don't know the words to use, just sing the... just. Write the words down of the songs we're going to sing and just say those words. Or if you're here, just say, you know what, God? I am just so blown away by the sunset every day when I look at it, how amazing and powerful and wonderful you are, God. Maybe you went on a fishing trip and you say, God, I went on this fishing trip and it just occurred to me, all the creatures that live beneath the water that you made that I don't even know about, man, God, you are awesome. <laughs> you are incredible. Start talking to God by stuff like that and just praise him. Just praise him. And it, it doesn't have to be like these flowery, extravagant words, you know, getting up here using that type of language. I mean, think about it. Jesus really had I- issues with people who, who did that. doesn't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Talk to your father in English or whatever is your primary language, right? Talk to him as a friend. And just, have a, uh, just tell him of his great worth, how amazing he is. And just thank him. Begin by praising him. That's the first thing, is adoration. The second thing is confession. Tell God what you did. Right? Tell him of just the places in your life where you have fallen short. In the book of Romans, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right? Just tell him where you have fallen short. And let me just say Newsflash for everybody here. Newsflash. You are not going to surprise God by anything you did. God's not going to be surprised by that. All you have to do is just bring it out. Bring out your darkest and your deepest secrets and and stuff that's going on in your life. And God is not going to look at you and be like, unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, God, I am just so horrified of what you have done. Like, that's not going to happen. You know why that's not going to happen? Because he already knows. He knows what happened. So what we do is we confess. Confess it before God. And you may be here and you don't know why. You're, maybe you're asking, well, why do we have to confess? Why? We confess because now we know that he knows. We know that he knows. And because saying it, acknowledging it, and just admitting it, and then turning away from it, It's a part of the confession. It's a part of it. And that's what we are doing when it comes to confession. So we confess. We've confessed where we've been, what we've done, in the areas where we have fallen short. We confess it before God. The next thing is thanks or thanksgiving, right? Not the holiday, but as I usually think of turkey when I think of thanksgiving. So we'll just call it thanks, okay? So we can avoid that. Thanks. Just thank him. Just thank God. Thank him. You could, you know, here's a little tip that I've learned, right? Just, just thank him. The first thing, maybe you could just, the first thing you could thank God is for the forgiveness of the sins that you just confessed before. Just thank God for that. And just say, you know what, God, thank you so much for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for doing that. And what that does is it reminds you of that you are forgiven. It reminds you of that. And so thank him. 
then you just start thanking him for everything, right? So if you don't know, just start thanking him for the breath in your lungs, for the clothes that you're wearing, for the shelter, for just the blessings in your life. Just go on and on with your list. Just be thankful and have a thankful heart. And lastly, finally, make your requests known to your heavenly father. We call that supplication or we'll just call it stuff. Just make your stuff known. Or you can say, yeah, God, I, w- I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, and talk to God about it. Talk to him. You know, we can say, God, yeah, I want to win a million dollars, God. Yeah, talk to him. God might redirect you there. You know, he might just kind of like ur- you know, nudge you in just areas of your finances that, he, that you may want to deal with. God, God will help you. But just say it to him. Whatever's in your heart, say it. But whatever is in your heart, whatever your friends are going through, whatever issues that's in your life, just talk to God. Make it a conversation. Talk to your heavenly father. And it doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes or anything. You could just start off just a few minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Just begin by doing that. That is how it began for a bunch of grown men. Grown men who grew up embedded in this religion, who looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, we want to connect with you. We want to connect with God the way that you are doing. So teach us how to do that. All of us this morning. Let's look to Jesus. Let's ask you, Jesus. Jesus, teach us to do that. Could we be a people like that? Could we just have a prayer culture? Continue to do that in our church. As I invite the worship team to come forward. As we just close our eyes and, we, and as we bow our heads... Let's take this opportunity right now. You know, what are the next steps? What can we do? You know, I share that we want to be a church. We are a church that is standing on prayer and continue to develop that culture here in our church. I want to invite you to come out this Tuesday for prayer, prayer gatherings that we have here. The month of June, we want to dedicate it as prayer month. We're going to fast and pray for the entire month. We're going to do prayer walks all over Lynbrook. We're going, to, we're going to open up a prayer line here. We're taking prayer to that level in our church. We're dedicating that in this next phase of this church plan. But let's begin that with us right now. Lord, right now, let's begin with A, acts. All right, adoration. Let's begin with adoration. Just adore God. Just, just thank him for who he is. You are beautiful, God. Let's just carve out this space right now. If you could breathe in, this may be a little bit weird, but if you could just breathe in and just say, Jesus, I praise you, and breathe out your fears. Breathe out the anxieties. Breathe in, Jesus. Let's carve out this space, this holy space right now. Yes, Lord. Jesus, casting out fears. Jesus. Casting out anxiety. Jesus. Casting out defeats. We adore you, God, in this time. Yes, Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for the breath in our lungs. We thank you for clothes. We thank you for family. We thank you for the jobs. We thank you for the education. We thank you for just a network of friends we have. We thank you for everything right now. We are just.
thankful.